you're listening to the Wool Academy podcast. This is episode number 30. Hello and welcome. My name is Elizabeth Van Delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond, delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell. Today on the show we welcome Ingun Klepp. Ingun is a research professor from the Consumption Research Norway, an institute at Oslo and Akershus University College of Applied Sciences. Ingun is an expert in research on sustainable textiles, clothing, laundry, as well as leisure consumption. Ingun has written numerous articles and books on all of these topics, including many on wool. I personally love the work that Ingun does because she always takes a different approach to wool and consumer research, which is why she always reveals these super interesting consumer insights. I hope you enjoy this interview with Ingun Klepp. Let me know what you think in the show notes after the interview. But now let's get started with Ingun Klepp. Welcome Ingun. We look forward to hearing more about your work today. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. It's so great. I know you have so many research projects and you're very busy. So let's start quickly by you telling us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. Yes, uh, I do consumer research um, and uh, and very often with the, with the topic of textile and clothing uh, and uh, a lot of it also with with wool and uh, I've done uh, research from very many different angles, uh, especially environmental issues, but also equality and and uh, things like that, health and yeah. Uh, I'm educated in ethnology uh, in Oslo, uh, but have been working with, with consumer research for, for quite a while now. So um, ethnology is still there, but but I guess I'm more a consumer research person than ethnologist just now. <laughs> okay, and I noticed from looking at your different research papers that You've done a lot of consumer behavior research in relations to textiles, as you just said as well, but a lot of them on wool. And yeah. is wool your favorite fiber? And if yes, why is that? <laughs> yes, it. Uh, yeah, uh, I think there, there, there is more than one reason uh, for me working so much with wool. And uh, the, the one thing is that as a researcher, I am very interested in, in the connection between the technical or material and, and the social or cultural. Uh, and I think that wool is very, very rich when it comes to technical properties because it's a very complex fiber. Uh, and on the other hand, it's also a very complex fiber when it comes to, to, to the social or cultural part of it. It's a long cultural history. It has uh, a lot of the clothing we are still using is connected to this history. Uh, so I think that one of the reasons for choosing or working so much with wool is, is this connection between between this richness, both on the technical and the social side. And then it is uh, another thing, and that is that I am uh, very interested in, in doing research that has a benefit for someone. And um, making better clothing for uh, the Norwegian population or for other people, uh, and contribute with research that will be able to 
to to uh, uh, to give knowledge that can be utilized to give people better clothing. That is something I am very interested in, and I think for many people, for many groups of people, uh, will would contribute to a better clothing. So that is one reason. Um, and then the third thing is that uh, I have been making things my whole life and uh, um, my, I like to make things in wool and I, I guess this is not only me but very many people that do uh, hand knitting or weaving and things like that. They use a lot of wool because it is a pleasant material to work with. So this is the third reason I guess and then um, some of the project is in connection with with Norwegian industry and wool is an uh, industry here and and uh, that would have been different if I had been working in a country with with the cotton industry for instance yeah so yeah many reasons and as yes. you said <laughs> that's also quite complex uh, all those different reasons and mm -hmm. indeed you create these amazing woolen clothes and I think most people knit themselves a sweater, but you also knit dresses and skirts and tops. So, indeed, you you are very creative also. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, yeah, so you talked about the complexity. And I think to better understand what all you mean is by talking about the different research projects that you have. Mm -hmm. And one of the recent research projects uh, is from 2016, where you published a study called Why cotton as linen, the use of wool in beds in Norway. Why did you research on this topic and what did you find out? Yeah, uh, actually this was uh, a project that uh, um, we had um, founded by the Australian wool industry. So some of the uh, reason for doing it was actually questions they had. And they were very interested in the... In the um, difference in wool use between Norway and Sweden. So this is, was a part of it. Uh, but everything was about uh, wool um, in beds. Um, and this paper is about how um, wool or other fibers has been used in Norwegian beds. Uh, and I was very, very curious about um, when we started to use cotton and how cotton became such an obvious choice for bed linen. Um, and uh, I, I, uh, it is quite little research both on 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 night clothing and and bed linen. So this was also interesting from that perspective that it was quite a lot of new thing that was possible to to say about it. Um, so uh, I try to find out both when and and why this change to cotton. Uh, happened uh, and I would also be very interested in finding out more about how people experienced the change from wool um, to cotton. Um, that was much more difficult to find uh, sources about. Um, Yeah. So, but uh, and and then of course I was also interested in both in bed, bed linen and in in the clothing used in beds, mm, and uh, the results are like that. Beds has been very uh, prestigious thing. People tend to use a lot of effort to have nice beds, and the beds was also in the living room more than today, where the beds are more in a separate room. So it was really somewhere you could, you know, show off. Uh, and it was a lot of the 
textiles that now are hanged on the on the wall or or more decorative art pieces that was on 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 the beds uh, and uh, from very early on it was either uh, woven uh, wool or sheep skin or other skins with, with the fleece on like um, uh, and very very warm and it was not used uh, clothing on the body it's only only the skin uh, and then the, the the cotton came and also the night night uh, uh, wearing of clothing uh, but still it is like uh, a lot of people don't use bed clothing uh, and uh, the, the way they are using bed clothing is also very different um, uh, and uh, I also wanted to find out uh, that is not in the same paper, but it's in the same project. Uh, what sort of wool are used in beds today? Uh, that is, uh, uh, and the answer on that was very interesting because um, the market here is very very poor. Uh, I mean, it's very very little uh, bed linen available in other things in other material than cotton, uh, and that goes for for night uh, gown as well. Or, or night uh, dresses or pajamas and things like that. But um, so the market is very poor. But then people tend to use a lot of wool in the bed, and that was interesting. That that people do things and use things that is not on the market. So that uh, I found that interesting. Also from from a from a way of thinking about the market that's very conservative uh, and not ne necessarily in 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 line with with people's um, actually actual practice. Can you give an example of what people were using that you were surprised? Yes, uh, it uh, depended on why you are using clothes at night, and I, it is two reasons for using clothes at night. And that one is has to do with warmth, and the other has to do with decency, decency, and not being naked. And this not being naked, it's, it's something that uh, you know, um, it's, it's part of the life with small children and and. Uh, uh, especially um, because then you are more social at night. Um, but uh, with warmth, it is also to do with with, with the life uh, because it's periods of life you are, tend to be colder than others, and also women tend to be colder than men at night. Um, so uh, the um, the clothing or the textile in use was uh, the item that was most often used was actually socks, more um, woolen socks. Uh, and then uh, a lot of people also used wool underwear mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they could use it either when they were in cold environment or when they felt cold or sick. So it was used not always, but, but sometimes. And then in the bed, it was used a lot of different um, uh, wool textiles, blankets, but, but these was used differently sometimes under sometimes on top of the of the duvet sometimes under the duvet sometimes in the bed sheet and so on so it was no one rule for how to use it, it was quite a variety of, of practices and uh, people had invented their own um, 
systems. Uh, yeah, own systems, and also they uh, in 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 Norway it's cold in winter and warm in summer, and then uh, they had systems for this in uh, in different uh, period of the year. For mm-hmm. instance, using the wool blanket in a bed sheet as a summer duvet, and then using the the wool blanket under or on top of the duvet as a winter mm-hmm. bed. Mm-hmm. So it was it was quite inventive and and quite uh, quite a big variety of of, uh, of practices mm-hmm. um yeah and this uh, was very different from the market which is very very dominated by by cotton and and the only thing you really can choose between is is whether it should be flannel or 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 uh, damask or you know these kind of more different kind of cotton or print mm-hmm. or not print things like that but not not the fibers really yeah and tell me when was that switch from wool to cotton in like which century are we talking yes uh, that is uh, the, the the best source we do have for for beds in norway is is uh, a man called eilert sund and he wrote very very good books about Norwegian culture in the 1860s. Uh, so his record is very, very good. So we know a lot about the beds in the 1860s. And then uh, later in, in, in the beginning of the 19th, Uh, hundred, then we will have also quite good sources. Uh, and the change um, from uh, wool to to cotton uh, is all about economy and and the and the, the cheap uh, imported uh, textiles uh, that came and also then was was less time consuming uh, and less money consuming to to access so this is a lot about economy um, but also a different way of thinking about hygiene because uh, the old bed was not washed as often as uh, cotton normally are so it's both economical reasons but also um, another way of thinking about hygiene Okay, that's really interesting. And speaking of hygiene, is actually another research topic of yours um, that I I think you presented it once at an IWTO congress, and I it stuck in my head since then. You did a research study on the smell of textiles, and yeah. the research <laughs> title was "What's the problem? Odor control and the smell of sweat in sportswear." And I think I remember correctly, you had a bunch of people sweating a lot in the gym and then you had contestants smell their sweaty clothes. Tell us a little bit more about the research project. Yes, yeah, it was a very interesting thing to do because I think smell is is a a topic that uh, affects us a lot. on on one side and on the other side we don't know so much about it so it's an interesting topic to go into and actually here the 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 reason for doing this was not wool in the first place it was a project about nanotechnology um so we wanted to have a look at uh, these kind of treatments that you can use to uh, prevent odor in sport clothing uh, silver nano silver or silver salt used to prevent um Uh, sports clothing for smelling and um, so we wanted to to check out um, whether they worked or not really Uh, and if they worked how 
efficient they were. Uh, and yes, we used a sports gym and it was uh, like 30 very sweaty people from both sexes and they uh, this was a circular thing. So we had the sweat from all of them on, on, on the textiles. So the textiles was actually dripping wet when we when we um, contain when we started and then we had a look at how uh, airing and washing affected the smell um, and we and the, the results was quite um, surprising uh, and the most surprising thing was actually not connected to wool the most surprising thing was that that um, fabric softener had a very, very bad influence on, on the smell of synthetic textiles. So that was actually the most surprising thing about it. When it comes to wool, it was not surprising that wool smell less than uh, other textiles. But uh, the thing is that uh, earring was more effect effective than, than washing when it came to, remo to, to remove the smell. So that was quite surprising. And, um, um, and also that this treat the treatment we, we, test we had in the test uh, was better that, than the, the synthetics without treatment, but not as not that good as uh, uh, cotton or, or, or of course wool. So um, I think that the, the, the argument that synthetic with uh, silver treatment is a good thing because you then can wash more seldom. It doesn't it doesn't really work. Um, uh, but it work with wool and I think this is an area where um, the wool industry could could do more work to to not only know that wool is not smelling, but also use it better in in marketing and also in in building up more knowledge about it because uh, this can make it easier for people and it can also reduce the environmental footprint. So it's it's a very good story and and we are not utilizing it uh, as good as is as it could be. I think. Okay, yeah, I think that's a really nice message that you're giving there and I'm sure our audience is interested in finding out more. And now you're working on a project called Cruise or Cruise? Yes, it's called Cruise uh, in Norwegian and this is actually Krimp in, in, in English. It is a property wool has, uh, some of the wool at least, and Norwegian wool has very good Krimp. So that's the way, uh, that's why we called it Cruise because we think uh, to emphasize the, the, the raw materials um, uh, importance for the, the, the finished uh, textiles is something we want to work with and, and we think that we can learn a lot from the food industry here to, to talk more about the, 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 the raw materials and their um, the differences between them and when they are used in a good way and what the differences in the raw material, how that can be utilized in, in, in different products. So, uh, so that's why we call it Cruz. And yeah, I think Tone, uh, Tune Tobiasen talked a little bit about the project in episode three. And if I understood correctly, uh, Cruz is about enhancing the local value chains for Norwegian wool. And what I found interesting, in, interesting is that this project has received a high amount of research funding. And tell us a little bit why this project fits so well in today's world that you even get a lot of funding for it. 
<laughs> yeah, I was quite surprised because we were competing with 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 projects connected to the to the food industry, for instance, or the forest industries. So we were very very proud and happy to 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 have the the project. And uh, yes, it's it's about the Norwegian wool industry and it is uh, uh, looking at the whole value chain for wool in Norway and trying to solve some of the problems uh, along this value chain from from the sheep to 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 actually clothing uh, but it has also another goal and and that is about sustainable fashion uh, and that goal is is um, bigger because it's not 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 only about Norway it's it's about uh, sustainability in in the textile um, uh, production and use uh, everywhere uh, and what we try to do there is to uh, to discuss sustainability uh, in a different way than it is used uh, to do uh, usually is done today because we think that uh, the discussion is very much about waste and it's very much about um, recycling um, uh, and it's very much about everything that is bad and 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 uh, dirty and and so on but we think that instead of doing that it could be that we should talk more about values and more about what we really want to produce and how we should use these things and we also think that the, the discussion about the local production and and the way that people are connected to uh, some things and want to keep it and want to care for it and want to have it a long 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 time all these issues is much more important for the total impact um, uh, and and that's why we wanted to start to work with changing the discussion of sustainability in the textile sector and that is a big you know a big thing to, to uh, try to do so uh, so cruise yes is about Norwegian wool and and our value chain here in Norway but it's also uh, about uh, uh, trying to to change a discussion about sustainability. Uh, when uh, using uh, value and 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 items that you can have for a long time and and uh, and and better clothing um, and better production of clothing as issues not only waste and and, uh, and pollution. Okay. So that's uh, yeah. so also so the, the the project is is both local and very global. And making turning the discussion to a positive one, and that yes, I think so, and mm -hmm. I think that is uh, we need to to know where we want to go, not only the, where we don't want to be, mm -hmm. and I think this is a really uh, um, important thing uh, for the industry and and also for for the sustainability discussion that everything is so much linked to 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 um, the thought the thoughts about um, waste and of course yes we are producing a lot of waste but uh, we have to stop to produce all this waste in, instead of thinking so much of how to use the waste so I think uh, the discussion is on on the wrong um, field somehow and and to make a big change we have to stop producing the waste and then we have to think about values not waste um, when we are producing things <laughs> and when we are using them as well of course yes yeah Okay, we heard now about three different research projects from you. 
And can you maybe, and you already mentioned that there should be more research also going on in the area of smell. What, where else do you see the need for more research? Obviously, you can't research on everything, but where would you <laughs> see that the wool industry could do more work that would be beneficial? Yeah, uh, first of all, it's already a lot of areas that started, like, uh, for instance, we are now working on, on, uh, on the use phase for the LCI studies. And I think that is very, very important to uh, to really uh, look into how uh, wool are used and other clothing also are used and have that as a uh, argument in, in, in to have better LCA uh, and also a better uh, rating of, of all uh, in environmental um, ratings. So that is one area. And uh, But then uh, personally, I, I am very interested in, 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 uh, in people and, and making the clothing for people better. And I think the, the group of people that might have uh, might be very interesting to look more into is older people because I think it's a lot of older people that are cold and they have uh, bad clothing and they are sitting a lot still you know smelling and and um, yeah they could need uh, something to to give them a better life and I think so older people and the whole uh, health um, care area is is, uh, is interesting to look at and then of course I'm interested in physical activities and how we could use uh, more knowledge about clothing uh, uh, as a way of, of uh, making for instance the childhood more active better clothing for outdoor also for children in schools and so on. So I, I mean, all this with with activity and and uh, and um, quality of life and and clothing, I think is um, an area that I would like to do more research myself and also like to see others doing research because I uh, think that clothes are too much discussed in in very superficial ways and also not connected to our goal on uh, and that's that is should be you know better health better life more equality and and so on so i think that it's a lot of work to do, be done in these kind of areas and then i also think that wool has been and and still are to some degree, a very valuable uh, textile fiber. And we need more values in the, the, the textile industry and in the, tech, the use of textiles. So I think this is also somewhere that we should work more on uh, to, to, uh, to, to strengthen the, the way of thinking about textiles as something of value. Uh, and this is an area I think that the, the industry could contribute and and be aware of the the, um, the danger of, of copying the fast fashion and the and the overuse overproduction of, of textile fibers. So I think to, to keep in mind that uh, to be different and to be connected to the history and connected to uh, a fiber with with that are regarded as something um, of value. 
Yeah, no, well, thank you, Ingun. I think that was a really great statement to finish. And before we close, how can our listeners find out more about your work so that they can maybe get inspired and do more great work as well? <laughs> yeah, uh, I have published most of the papers, of course, are in English, so that's uh, available. And both the, the research papers and, of course, the, the reports are in English. Uh, so I guess it's uh, to go to CIFO's uh, website and then uh, the report can be downloaded from the website and uh, the articles and the, uh, you have to go through the through the library system to, to get access to. Um, but if you have problem with finding, so just contact me uh, and, uh, and I will help you with it. Uh, and then uh, it's some of the things I published that is only in Norwegian, but that is more popular things um, in magazines and newspapers, things like that. So Yeah, most most are uh, in English and then something are also published in other languages. Yeah, and I, I've been to the CIFO website and it's really uh, a great resource for all different kinds of um, papers that uh, Ingun uh, wrote and I can I make sure to link to the show notes so that it's easy to find. Well, thank you Ingun so much for your time today and I wish, wish you lots of success in all your different research projects and that... They create the value that you aim for. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I find the approach Ingen takes to research on wool very inspiring. And I really look forward to all the work that she will do in the near future. If you want to find out more about Ingun and her work, visit the show notes where you can find all the links that will connect you directly to Ingun. Visit elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 030. Once again, elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 030. We love that you're listening to this podcast. Make sure you also connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. See you there and bye for now.